welcome to my second podcast of More Than Mortgages. Today's show will be today's real estate. I am your host, Katrina Luchasano with Silverton Mortgage, and I am delighted to have my two guests with me today. I have Allison Crawford from the Crawford Real Estate Group, Keller Williams, yep. and I have Ben Baker from Baker & Summy, my favorite law firm. So if we could first up, Allison, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got in the business. Okay. Well, I absolutely adore real estate. It is my favorite thing to do. Um, by trade, I actually started off in biochemistry. Wow. I was a biochemist, but realized that the lab or medical life was not for me, and I really loved business. I was a little too outgoing for both of those. And so I went to medical sales. Okay. Um, after medical sales, I decided to take a break and stayed home and had kids. And then when it came time, oh, and my husband and I were in ministry for a number of years. Oh, when goodness. it came time to go back to work, I didn't want to do what I did before and go back in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. Well, I had helped my dad you know, manage real estate properties and everything over the years, so I decided to jump into that. Mm -hmm. Well, it was just the perfect fit, and I adore it. I found my sweet spot, because I'm a bit of a house nerd. I like doing <laughs> my own tile and electrical oh, and plumbing and woodwork and all this stuff, and it just kind of combined everything for me, and I love working with people and problem solving. That's where the biochem comes in. People are like, yeah. how are you in biochemistry and you are in real estate now? Right. I said, because we get to solve problems all the time, and I love solving problems oh that's awesome and how long has it been now that you've been a realtor seven years seven years yeah. okay great but I, I came in strong my first year I sold 18 homes wow so wow I've been hitting it ever since I started right that's awesome so yeah. Ben tell us about you well I've been an attorney in Gwinnett County for 23 years okay. this year um, I got started originally while I was in college um, working for law firms doing title exams oh. so um, in the courthouses Got started there and then decided to go to law school. Okay. And uh, since I've been in Gwinnett County, I've been doing uh, residential and commercial real estate closings. Um, and my firm also specializes in estate planning and um, business formations. Okay. I'm sure a lot different coming from South Georgia, right, up here when you first transitioned? A lot more activity right 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 <laughs> well speaking of activity so that was or that is our podcast today is today's real estate so what have you seen Allison in the last year to today oh gosh this past year has been interesting it's been ever moving ever changing when people ask me that question I tell them it's like a combination of whitewater rafting and chess had a oh baby <laughs> because funny. it's like uh -huh. it was going so fast yeah. it was not going to stop you had all kinds uh -huh. of obstacles to navigate through and just like chess you had to think several moves ahead you know wow it was a very competitive environment because the market was so strong mm. everybody was wanting to get in you know mm. contracts got really complicated people are hiding things in there even if you're a listing agent it was really tough because um, some of the very unorthodox things that people were doing to get into a house if you didn't know how to read the contract understand it could put your client in a bad position so you to be very proactive whether it be you know your marketing how you present mm -hmm. the house problem solving everything so I'm sure you saw a lot of craziness and contracts. Yeah, we were just trying to keep everybody legal on <laughs> our end. <laughs> so it's the same thing with us. We've seen a lot, um, a lot of different types of transactions, a lot of creativity in the, mm -hmm. um, the way things are structured. Um, of course, uh, there was a lot more demand um, 
in the previous months of last year, the early mm -hmm. months of last year, I should say. Um, and of course that's dwindled some. So now we're seeing more um, non-traditional type situations where maybe it's a divorce where they have to sell a house. Mm -hmm. True. Um, otherwise we see people kind of sitting back and waiting to see what's gonna happen. Right. Before they jump in. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of uh, when you commented about um, things in the contract and where to put things because I know for us on the lending side under the personal property disclosure if we see where it's a value given to an item right. let's say you know a couch or yeah. you know in Florida they sell homes fully furnished right the condos right. but you know up here it's not uh, it's not usual at all right so we have to have personal property with zero value right have you had where you've had to explain that to people and say well you know you might want to get rid of all this but you're gonna to have to do a side agreement or how does that work yeah because sometimes there have been sticky issues where there's been a very important piece that the seller wanted and even if you put in the disclosures that's not staying with the house for some reason buyers get amnesia and uh, right. they want that piece and then you know they just start going crazy over something that's they're buying a house you're not buying the things to go in it and they, they can mm -hmm. kind of lose sight of the bigger deal right right yeah we see that come up sometimes at closing Do where you? they may have done a walkthrough right before closing and realized there was something that was taken that they thought was staying in the home and then for oh, you yeah. ben they're doing the walkthrough that morning yeah. of closing right, right right so it becomes an issue at our table oh my gosh oh, yeah. yeah so have you had they delays have ever yes okay yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow yeah they have to work it out wow yeah. You know, you have problems, too, when you're selling personal property and you build it into the price of the house. Mm -hmm. I don't know. How does that affect appraisal? Correct. Well, yeah. So right. Those are yeah. issues you have to think about right. when you're doing that. Right. Right. Um, I know, too, with, um, let's see, the I was going to say your expertise and the resources that you have, That how important is that in this market today? Oh, my gosh more important than ever. Mm. You know, I always tell people when they're hiring me, you're not just hiring me for your transaction, but the 200 plus transactions I've done before you. Mm. It's okay. all the experiences, all the craziness, and things I've just acquired through seeing a lot. And I'm sure just like you've seen a lot over the years. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. anytime you're working with people, you think you thought of everything until they come up right. with something There's new. There's always something new. It's yeah. like, I thought I'd seen it all. Right, right. You're like, <laughs> nope, I mean, it's, yeah. What's but, the most recent thing you've seen, Ben? Oh, gosh. Um, probably when it comes, well, the most recent thing that was an issue was a, a couple in a divorce, and they had sold the house, and then it becomes a power struggle between trying to yeah. negotiate the price. Mm. And, you know, the, the agents are in, caught in the middle. We get caught in the middle because yeah. we're trying to interpret the settlement agreement. Yeah, um, okay. to make sure that mm -hmm. that all the parties are being paid you know what mm -hmm. they're supposed to be paid um but then it gets to where maybe one of the spouses is more active in the negotiation of the contract yeah. than the other one oh, okay and they may hmm. give up give up some concessions that the other one wouldn't have agreed to and so it just ends up being a stalemate wow uh, in yeah. some cases and uh, when it comes down to it somebody's forced to give in because right. you've got a buyer who's ready to buy yeah you know and you can't just walk away from that so well Allison have you had and I oh, was go gonna yeah. say actually to tag along with that yeah. being an agent in situations like yeah. that that's where my 15 years of ministry experience comes that's in. what I was gonna say <laughs> negotiation right. tactics oh yeah. completely yes. because mm -hmm. it's a very vulnerable and sensitive time and right. and you have to be able to 
talk with people, understand what's most important to them and create a win-win mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, they have to sign all the, that paperwork out of free will. Right. And mm -hmm. so it takes a lot of very skilled, understanding negotiation to get them to that point. Mm -hmm. I've had times where I've sat in my car for three hours on the phone with one spouse who did not want to sign oh and have goodness. a conversation because the closing was the next day and sweet talking and we closed and everything was fine. But I've definitely had some very lengthy conversations helping to bring people together in those situations. Which leads into the next question I would have and on your problem solving, how important is that? And one thing I would be curious about is have either of you had a divorce situation or a buyer and seller where you had to put them in separate rooms at the closing and tell us about that. Mm, oh yeah, why don't you kick off first? <laughs> <laughs> One that comes to mind is a situation where there were certain repairs that were to be made, and this happens a lot, where the repairs were to be made prior to the walkthrough, prior to the closing, and the people, the buyers go in for their walkthrough and, and the repairs have not been made or not mm. been made up to you know the standard that they expected. Yeah, um, And so, you know, it ends up being contentious, oh. both sides of the mm. table, you know, going back and forth. They don't want to buy it. You know, they've said they've done all the repairs they're going to do. Wow. So you have to get to a point where you can sort of negotiate. And I've had, well, we're going to hold back funds from the seller. Okay. You know, that's one thing we do until these mm -hmm. repairs are made to the satisfaction of the buyer to resolve it mm -hmm. i mean you've got to think about you know how am i going to resolve this and get this to close good yeah you're right because you're who we're all looking right. for advice on and like you said right. what can you do legally um, right. to keep this right. moving so that one in particular we were able to get it to close so what would happen if that? if they didn't close you know when you give this earnest money is that People well, are still doing that, where they're keeping your earnest money for what's it used to be due performance, due diligence. Right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So if you know during the due diligence period they decide they don't want the property mm -hmm. for whatever reasons, inspection or or whatever, they have the right in the contract to to walk away and get their earnest mm -hmm. money back. But if you get past that due diligence period, and then there's some situation where the seller doesn't perform, okay according to the contract mm -hmm. then that earnest money may be up for grabs you know to be given back to the purchaser right so, so yeah. i was gonna say allison with the due diligence i remember last year lenders mm -hmm. or agents asking me okay how many days of due diligence zero um so mm -hmm. how, what is that like now today on the due diligence um we're starting to get back to seven to yeah. ten days due diligence mm -hmm. okay you know, which is more which is normal. normal. Right. Yeah, because right. for me, yeah. gold standard was always 10 days. Right. And so to see a three-day due diligence or two-day was almost unheard of. And yeah. it, it really put things into a frenzy because houses are like people. None of them are perfect. Right. And so when you go through an inspection, you're going to find something, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. And um, what is yeah. that inspection um, like, that inspection period? Because I have where I receive, I'll receive a contract literally from the agent who's already copied the closing attorney the closing attorney opens the file that same day and then two days later three days later after we've ordered everything yeah. we'll say oh sorry you know they're uh, exercising their due diligence and we're terminating the contract yeah. so what is the inspection seems to be the number one reason so what are not always because no? 
It was so competitive last spring. People okay. were putting several offers out. Oh, my and gosh. I didn't seeing, think you were allowed to do that. Seeing, oh, yeah. Seeing wow. which one they got <laughs> and picking their favorite. Oh. And just because an agent comes in hot doesn't mean that they are going to stay with the deal. So as a oh, listing agent, because I kind of focus on listings, oh. so a lot of times I'm sweating out, you know, vetting out um, the buyers, mm-hmm. their, their motivation, their financing. I'm making a lot of calls because once a seller goes under contract, they can't back out, but the buyer can. So my job is to that create. That doesn't seem fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, especially because sometimes you find out you're handcuffed to the devil once you go under contract. Right. Wow. But, right. Um, problem solving once again. Yes, yes. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and so, so I always try to vet everything out as much as I can on the front end to have mm. a smooth contract all the way through to then. But even mm. so, things can come up. Speaking of problem solving, I have a really interesting story yes. to share with you guys. Um, I had this couple that came to me to list their house and you know they were close to retirement, had been playing all their cards right, you know, had so much money in savings, their current house was just about paid off, just super strong ideal clients. Mm. And um, so I was doing the listing side, they were moving up to the mountains quite a ways away, so they had a, a different buyer's agent and a lender that they were working with mm. up in the mountains. Mm. Well, um, I got their listing under contract, and but I'm a big communicator. I'm always, you know, I want to know any other agents I'm working with, any lenders that I'm working with, mm. because we all need to win for yes. this deal. You know, teamwork, I think, is everything. Yep. And so, anyhow, I had a rock-solid buyer. I mean, just a, a dream buyer for his house. Everything was great. I mean, it was probably two weeks before we were supposed to close. They had their clear to close, and everything was going along mm. great. Well, I got a frantic call from who was my seller yeah. and on the house that he was buying. And this is why I appreciate what you do, mm-hmm. Katrina, yeah. because you guys do the automated underwriting on the front end. Yes. And so that's why I use you, mm-hmm. because with complete confidence, I can say, you know, this loan is going to go through. Yes. And I feel really good about it. Know you're going to do whatever it mm-hmm. takes to, to, for that loan to go through. Mm-hmm. Well, anyhow, we were about a week out on the closing of the listing. And I get a frantic call, and the underwriter from the mountain house that they were buying at the last minute decided that he did not want to use the husband's income um, Hmm. because he was going to be working remotely up in the mountains. Oh, goodness. And uh, even though they had gone all the way through the process, and he said, well, actually, the sale is now contingent on the sale of your house. Oh. And this gets dropped in his lap just right before closing. Oh, goodness. And so he called me up freaking out. And I was like, oh, no, this house is going to close, let right. me tell you. And so I, you know, called up the buyer, you know, his buyer's agent and the listing agent, the other mm-hmm. transaction, and the lender. And I told him, I said, I've got a rock-solid deal here. This This house will close that he is in. You know, I sent over the contract, talked to them. I said, my people are already clear to close, had the, the clear to close acknowledgement from their lender. And then I also, um, because since the buyer was clear to close, mm-hmm. negotiated where they'd move up their closing a few days. Okay. And then mm-hmm. because of that, I mean, I was, and my cell service was terrible that day. So oh, my no. neighbors probably thought I was a crazy person because I was pacing back <laughs> in my front yard for about five hours. So oh, I definitely, no. I've got the whatever it takes attitude. I'm yes. like, I treat it like it's my own house. So right. I'm like, no, this, because if that deal fell apart, it would cost him in the tens of thousands. He'd lose right. all of his earnest money. 
at that point, you know, he'd be paying multiple commissions. It would have been really, really bad, and mm-hmm. you would have come up with nothing. Yeah. And so I was just mm. determined to take care of them. And so, like I said, after all those conversations, you know, we got it to work out. He closed on his mountain house mm. and had a lovely closing on his house in Lawrenceville. And I saw him about, you know, a few months ago. He's like, oh, my gosh, I love <laughs> living in the mountains. Oh, and, great. And the house that he bought up in the mountains was a fairly expensive one. But that was before all this craziness. So it's just oh. about doubled. And you can't wow. even buy mountain property now. So he right. is so thankful that that whole deal stayed together worked great for him right that's yeah. awesome that's awesome so it's more than just showing houses right you know, when yeah. you're a real estate agent you've right. got to really work hard so ben how many when you see all of these deals come across and i know you also do commercial mm-hmm. so um how are you seeing i guess just this the first quarter taken off here i know we're still into february yeah. very early but what are you we're um, on, seeing? We're on par for where we were this time last year as okay. far as files being opened. Okay. So, you know, we're expecting just a sort of a normal type year. You know, yeah, right. we're not going to have all these extra um, outside factors um, mm. that we did in the last couple of years with the market, like COVID. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I think that as long as there's a demand mm-hmm. and it's still, you know, a seller's market. Right. More so in some locations than others. But um, I think that I'm expecting it to be, you know, like last year. Right. I don't expect a big dip or anything like that. Yeah. You're seeing the same thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I found, you know, last spring there were so many heartbroken buyers that no matter how many offers they put in, they could not get houses. Right. Right. And now since the market is balancing out, those people are like, oh, my gosh, I can actually get a house now. Right. You know, in the fall when the interest rates were so high, that was kind of like going, you know, 90 down i85 and somebody put the handbrake on the market just uh-huh. kind of came to a screeching halt right. but now that now that everybody's kind of gotten over the shock and they've kind of right. started bouncing the rates a little bit you know it's just it's just a good calm feeling you know like ben said everything's just kind of settling yeah. coming back yeah. to normal just, just a normal. good right. pace i feel like yeah. we're yeah. back into 2018-19 you know yeah. a, a right. normal market 2020 yeah everybody wanted to refi to capture that low interest rate and then 21 was just nuts of the purchase market yeah and uh it was just so hard to keep up with and like you say i felt so bad how many times can you tell somebody well it's meant to be and you're thinking you know that house might have been meant to be for them but they just i think all the pent-up demand during covid is what led to that surge right last year or in 2021 but um we won't see that again yeah yeah that yeah, Anytime that was soon. historic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that, um, I know it, with the feds doing another increase to the fed fund rate, the short-term rate, and just to, for our, our audience, basically when the Fed Reserve increases that short-term rate, it should lower the long-term rate because mm-hmm. the idea to increase it is to slow the economy down. Right. Um, it still seems to be, though, that right we're seeing it still in the grocery store yeah. at the gas pump yeah um and i just think we, we're going back to because everybody sat around during COVID. i know last year i was fortunate to be able to go to england yeah and scotland and it was packed you know yeah. and everybody you saw were they couldn't travel in 20 and 21 so they were traveling last year yeah and i think that this year people will not be doing as much traveling right um the cruises so hopefully these fed fund increases will start to bring our fixed rate down 
right so on. that more people can get yeah. into the market. Yeah, if we could get them down a point, yeah. I think right. that would make a big difference. I don't see them going back down into the fours, but if yeah. they could settle out in the fives somewhere, I think that would have a psychological impact on the borrowers. Yeah. Totally. And, and one thing I will say that has helped the buyers out is now sellers are giving concessions they're making repairs they're Mm -hmm. you know providing closing costs they're negotiating on price where i mean last spring unless you walked in with a suitcase full of cash and threw it up on the table you could just kiss it goodbye that's right yeah Yeah, absolutely right Yeah. yeah and so even though the rates are higher in some ways um this can be a better deal for a buyer because mm-hmm. they're not paying, you know, fifty thousand dollars over list with right. no appraisal and paying yeah. all your closing costs. And mm-hmm. you know, it's just a lot more settled for them. Yeah, I think the buyers in this market or the market that we will see this year, we're gonna have it's gonna be more of a solid purchase. Yeah. It's not gonna be based on, you know, a little inflation. Yeah. I had a um um a comment from an i buyer well not from the i buyer but an agent yeah. who has a listing and she was approached by an i buyer the open door offer right. pad um to mark spain you know to purchase the home mm-hmm. and i was shocked at how much less they were offering oh, because yeah. last year i saw mm. where i was like wow they're offering pretty close yeah. to list mm. price and this year they're back to offering thousands yeah. less so i wonder if that um you know if they predict that the market or let's hope that they're not doing that purposely on our market right because i know some of us i remember allison we talked about that a couple years ago we felt like the i buyers were pushing the market up higher Mm -hmm. and then now they're pushing it down yeah well they were is because they were lessening inventory right anytime you got scarcity you end up paying more More. right and so but i mean they took such a bath on being aggressive with yes. their purchases that I think mm. they're going they have to be a lot more conservative now. Right. I wonder if they ever buy new construction. Do you ever see that? I've I, seen like uh corporate buyers come in and buy blocks okay. of new homes for rental purposes, yeah. for okay. purposes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I have um a purchaser on the south side who a year ago yeah. they went into yes, it was a new construction development. Yeah. And they pretty much rented to all these buyers yeah. with an option to purchase mm-hmm. yeah and it has been crickets trying to get information from this uh, owner it's a fund huh. mm-hmm. yeah of what is the final sales price how is that thirteen thousand dollar option going to be applied right you right. know on their option to purchase deposit yeah it, it's scary yeah. because we've been going on now we've talked for about six weeks i guess Oh, wow. And they have until the end of March. And I hope that they don't drag their feet and now these poor people lose their money. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I am concerned about that. Mm-hmm. There's a risk there. Yeah. 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 Well, because they're also not as emotionally invested right. in a home. Right. Yes, you're right. right. Yes. You know, and a mm-hmm. home is a very emotional purpose. It's yes. where we live our lives. You've got right. your memories and your Christmases. You know, when a buyer walks in, they get attached to a house. They're trying to, you know, see what their Envision. life would look yes. like in that house. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and for when you're working with an iBuyer, it's just cold, hard cash right. at the end of right. the day. Yep. That's what People like that be. message, though, right, sometimes? I mean, you know, I hear it on the radio. You know, you don't have to do anything. Well, you don't have to put your dog away, you know, just. For a price. Right, for exactly. A cost, there's a, there's absolutely a hidden right. cost. You're because, absolutely right. I mean, essentially, they're they're flipping a house. So yes. there's a profit margin that they need That's in order right. to stay 
profitable. It's yep. a business. So how do you handle that when you're talking to uh, clients for that listing appointment yeah. or for that listing? Because I'm sure that once they think about yeah. it and everybody's already been contacting them, how do you talk to them that, yeah. no, this is the price difference? And how do you work with them to uh, assist them through yeah. that I'll help you make it easy. Yeah. Well, me being a science girl, you mm-hmm. know, I'm very numbers driven. Mm-hmm. And um, so I actually lay out in front of them, you know, the difference between what they would get, you know, utilizing a traditional agent versus going with a group um, like an iBuyer. Mm-hmm. And, and they can see the difference. And I really go above and beyond for creative solutions and to make sure that they've got a smooth transaction. Mm-hmm. And ironically, even though a real estate commission can be a cost, that is actually the least expensive and most profitable way for a seller to sell. Because I've had listings that I've taken on where I'm getting that seller so much more money, I end up mm-hmm. paying for my own commission okay um i did oh, actually that's a good way to look have, at it yeah yeah because it's mm-hmm. worth it you that's know right. this is your most valuable asset you want a trusted yes. person that's either going to make you money mm-hmm. or save you money so, right right um so i had actually a listing like that this past fall it was essentially a divorce situation mm-hmm. it was a couple they were a boyfriend girlfriend that bought a house together they were both on deed and things went sideways i'm sure you see that too oh, ben that's yeah. always yeah. fun yep. and um so even though you're technically not in a d- divorce there's a lot of mm-hmm. similar elements and um and so anyhow you know they had you know all the different eye buyers approaching them oh we'll get you this we'll get you that and um i ended up doing their transaction for them. She had a lot of health issues, so she was on disability. So I actually had her because I'm really good with my pricing and staging. So my houses are usually on market, you know, seven days or less. Wow. And so I told her, um, I said, look, you go out of town for the weekend, I'll have your house sold when you get back. And I just totally stitched it up. And they made, they ended up making $35,000 more than what that iBuyer offered them and actually as the market was going down the iBuyers kept on offering less and less and less because oh. they can take away because mm. they don't want to lose their shirts mm-hmm. right. and so um, they ended up mm. making a lot more money going with me I see yeah. are you seeing so you have yeah. to know your client situation yeah. too, yeah. your seller mm-hmm. situation or there is there sort of a panic or a desperation to sell the property yeah, that's quick true. right and you kind of have to talk them off the ledge yeah. and mm-hmm. let them see the big picture that you know we can still sell it quick if we do it right, mm-hmm. and you're going to make more money yeah. than going with these i buyers. You know, a, a thought just came to me too. What about your neighbors, right? If you sell to an i buyer at a lower price, and you've been, you know, that neighborhood for 20 years, I mean, I wouldn't want to see those friends right. in the grocery yeah. store yeah. again, or yeah, I'd have to remove them, them from Facebook, right? Yeah. yeah, you're not doing them any favors. No, you're not at all. Yeah, uh, and you still have to look at the buyer contracts closely because some of them end up charging a ten and a half percent commission. Mm-hmm. Okay, of so a traditional I, did, I didn't know that. I was going to ask you, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yes, what what are you seeing on yeah, that you, closing disclosure? Yeah, you see, um, the fee structure, commission mm-hmm. structure is always different with mm-hmm. those contracts. We don't yeah. close a lot of them, yeah. Um, but when we do see them, they're different mm-hmm. than your standard Georgia real estate contract. Uh, also, Ben, so I remember last year I had uh, a seller was, it was open door, but they had just moved from one LLC to another. Mm-hmm. And it was awful trying to get the updated warranty deeds and, mm-hmm. and title. Yeah. So is that, have you, what, 
how is the recording process? How long does that take? So well, if it is an iBuyer, well now when can they flip it? If they're e-recording, you know, they record the document the day of closing. Oh, okay. Which they have, they would have to, you know, satisfy, mm -hmm. you know, their process yeah. to be able to turn around and sell it, you know, to another buyer mm -hmm. um, quickly. So okay. used to it could take you know several weeks to get the recorded documents back. So they could sell on a Monday and then turn around and list it on that Tuesday? If they get a recorded document really? back. Yeah. Okay, okay. And not only that, with some of the addendums that they put in there, they may say that you know this whole deal is contingent upon um, HOA bylaws and conditions. And I actually had a client where it was about oh, 11 yes. hours before yeah. it closed and she had moved out. They're like, oh, we don't like the HOA laws in the neighborhood. And, and there was well, nothing to keep them in there. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. You, that's a very interesting point because with the HOA in most neighborhoods, I didn't realize even in single family PUDs, planned mm -hmm. urban development, that they could still restrict you on uh, renting the yeah. property. So yeah. if mm -hmm. it's an iBuyer, then as a homeowner, that could yeah to me be a red flag that well what if they can't sell it well right. and there were rental properties rent in that it. neighborhood mm -hmm. so there were rentals in there and oh, okay. it was well within it but you know that's like i said it's there were some things in their contract that wow. unfortunately that they're very creative so they they're creative it. with it yeah yeah can you imagine that's they're what they all have, those right? contracts are geared for them to get out quick exactly exactly yeah. well we are almost at the end of our time my goodness time has flown right we have yeah. just you guys are so so knowledgeable thank you so much for being here um thank you so appreciate it and allison you know we've worked together for a few years now love our relationship thank yes. you for your trust and ben we've worked together for as long as our kids are in yeah, age. 22 years exactly mm -hmm. and i yeah. love our our friendship and relationship that i can just anytime i need anything um you are both so responsive i appreciate that within like same day yeah um is that kind of your model too yes yeah totally yes. yeah i appreciate that um so if somebody wants to get a hold of you allison what's the best way or what is your information cell phone and email okay um cell phone text is usually best okay if i'm on an appointment i can call you right away after that um okay. cell phone is 678-360-4202 that's 678-360-4202 and our website is crawford-realestate.com crawford-realestate.com okay and i think i've just even like googled the crawford real estate team keller williams and i can find you yeah okay and then ben yeah you can reach me at 678-464-2762 that's 678-464-2762 my email is ben at basattorneys.com ben at basattorneys.com Wonderful. Well, thank you again so much. This has been great, and let's just have a wonderful 2023. Thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you.